0: interviewed from the modern man approach of clinical psychology and psychoanalysis. So, have something nice to drink next to you, maybe a cup of tea, have a seat, or go out for a nice walk in nature, maybe. Enjoy. In this episode that focuses on Ayurveda, I wanted to speak to you about what the Ayurvedic lifestyle actually looks like. So depending on, you know, where you're at in life, you might not have the slightest idea what an Ayurvedic lifestyle is. Or you might have an image of Indian curries sitting in lotus looking really peaceful. How difficult that looks though, doesn't it? (laughs) And doing strange rituals of cleansing. You might have been in touch with it a little bit. And so you have looked into the whole health scene and you might be longing for some peace of mind and natural living. And in that case, you might have an image of a relaxed, uh, lean person standing in loose clothing, on a mountaintop, doing some yoga, eating very specific foods just for you. they just not really maybe being a part of the rest of modern society. And they're also right in a certain way. Yes, Ayurveda did originate in India and it is deeply rooted in the Indian cuisine, therefore. It's also closely related to yoga. We even call them sister sciences. And yes, absolutely, you can come to a point of being very relaxed and lean. and Well, you might also be standing on a mountain. Why not? All of this is possible when you live an Ayurvedic lifestyle. But what you really need to know in order to understand the lifestyle is this. Whether we like it or not, We are a part of a whole. We are a part of nature. If you look at the animals, they peacefully work with Mother Nature in their own rhythm of life. And so does the Ayurvedic practitioner. It means that we are active when the sun is up and we rest when the sun is down. Therefore, we do not necessarily need to practice Intermittent fasting or the 5 2 fasting, whatever is the latest trend. Because if you only eat when the sun is up, you will automatically fast for at least 15 hours every single day. And the practice of Ayurveda is self knowledge, really. Because when we have that, we can adjust to everything inside and outside. Of our skin on a daily basis. You become aware of the subtle changes in the atmosphere and so you adjust accordingly in order to find homeostasis, which basically means in order to find an internal balance. For instance, the heaviness in the air just after sunrise and before the Sun is so high, that it's really dry, is the best time to exercise. One very simple reason for this is that we protect ourselves from overdoing it or overheating due to that softer and heavier quality in the air around us at that time. Also because, of course, there's more humidity in the air, there's also an increased um, oxygen in the air, which is also beneficial for us when we want to exercise. It also helps us to not become sleepy again. Especially if we are the kind of person who finds it hard to get going in the morning. It's the reason, of course, then, as well, that we want to get out of bed before the heaviness arrives. So naturally, if we find it hard to <clears throat> get motivated for rising in the early morning... The later I do it in the morning, the more difficult it is because of this heaviness. But if I get up when the air is still very light and that, well, actually nature itself starts to waken, I will feel lighter and also my body will be able to much easier just eliminate what's been accumulated during the night. These specific moments of sunrise and sunset are very important to us for so many reasons. It's really when we talk about the circadian rhythm um, that it helps us to set it, actually. Sunrise and sunset are the body's ways of realizing if it's a time to be awakened and active or a time to be passive and sleeping. As the day cools down, because the sun is getting lower in the sky, so when we go towards sunset basically, that heaviness in the atmosphere comes back. This is then the perfect time to also cool down our bodies and prepare ourselves for the night. We therefore want to have our last meal of the day as close to this sunset as possible. Because, of course, this cooling down will affect the digestive fire. So it will cool down the digestive fire as well. It's the reason as well, of course, that we prefer having the biggest meal of the day when the fire is the strongest, which means when the sun is the highest in the sky. That's when the air is really hot and dry at that time. And so, therefore, the temperature is high true, which will increase our temperature, which will increase our digestive fire. We, therefore, want to have our biggest meal in the middle of the day, somewhere between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. And the way that it plays in the 24-hour cycle, it's, of course, then how it plays in the kind of 12-month cycle as well. Living an Ayurvedic lifestyle means that I will adjust what I do and when, depending on well these external circumstances that by the way, I cannot control, so either I will keep fighting against it and always lose, or I will surrender to it and go with the flow, like the animals do, and the plants, all other organisms, really. We can note that, quite interestingly enough, eating what's in season tends to be going hand-in-hand with what the Ayurvedic logic says as well. So typical autumn vegetables coming from the roots you know, the root vegetables, the more heaviness, sticky ones that are very often yellow orangey in color, for instance, are exactly what Ayurveda prescribes to balance the vata imbalances that happens when we're in these, so to say, in-between seasons. That are really what happens around autumn and also in spring to a certain extent. The same way that things like cucumbers or peppers, there are good vegetables that we can eat raw and that are filled with water. Good salad materials, and they grow in summer. And raw vegetables filled with water are really the best option to calm down pita, the fire. The fire element that is, of course, high in Summer. <coughs> <clears throat> Living an Ayurvedic lifestyle then means that I adjust according to this and then I eat according to it. We balance out what can be a tendency that would bring us overboard in the wrong direction. And we know how we function ourselves. Living an Ayurvedic lifestyle also means that we start each day with a blank sheet. And that blank sheet, we decide for ourselves will be filled with what we start the day with. So we get out of bed and we have this opportunity of a whole full potential day in front of us. It means that the first thing I do when I get out of bed is to make sure that I also allow for my whole body to be that blank sheet, not just that the day in front of me is. So I begin the day with eliminating toxins in all ways that Ayurveda has prescribed them. I eliminate physical toxins through the tongue. I help the body to um, release my bowel. I help as well to release toxins that are a little bit more... Challenging not yet in the bowel or on the tongue and things like that by sweating. And I eliminate the more subtle energies filled with toxin as well. So the mental and emotional clutter through things like meditation, through things like journaling. Actually, by having a routine that I do every single day in the morning, just for me, in itself, is a cleansing of the mental and emotional clutter. Anyone who has never done these things will be reluctant to it and question, well, whatever, if you say so. And anyone who has been doing it is a confirmation that that is so. So you choose which camp you want to be in. Once that I have therefore eliminated the toxins, the waste, I am light and open and ready for the day to come. So this means that I begin when the sun begins to rise a little bit more, drying out and becoming hotter, and I'm coming into the pita time of the day, that is called, And that's when I'm the most active. So I work and I do all the things, the to-do lists and the action-oriented things, and I'm creative in a very directive, action-manned way at that time. I have my biggest meal, and I might even consider slowing down a little bit after that meal, because I'm starting to go towards the afternoon. I live with this rhythm, right? Going into a little bit less stable time. So I've heated up, I've used all of that, I've been very productive in the early hours of the day, from 10 till 2, let's say. And then there might be a time in the afternoon where I can just let all of that settle for a little bit because I've been so, you know, active in those hours. It is usually as well, if I allow myself to actually have that, a little bit of what the Spanish would call siesta, I might even need a little bit of a nap or not, depending on. But it could also actually imply simply sitting down and just relaxing my sense organs for a moment. It might even imply a few minutes of meditation in the early afternoon there. And then I notice a lighted state of my mind. And I can become very creative maybe again. And maybe even more in a conceptual way. So can you see how the different types of activities that I want to make, for instance, work-wise, I will most probably then adjust them according to. There are certain things that needs to get done that are very action-oriented, that has a goal and a purpose and is very specific that I might then do at a specific time of the day because I also feel that that's when my sharpness is, is in that sense. Then I have my meal I might take some time to allow for everything to settle so that the waters can clear again when the mud has settled and then somewhere there in the later afternoon I become very clear-minded maybe not so much as in the doing things but maybe I'll become clear-minded as in having new ideas this might also depend on my own personal constitution So this might vary a little bit, or it might look different from one person to the next. And then the closer I get to sunset, well, the more I start to realize that, okay, now I've been doing my active part of the day, and it's perfectly fine then to begin to cool down a little bit. So I allow for myself to enjoy the fact that nature also begins to cool down. I will have my dinner, my last meal, around this time so that I don't cool down too much before having it. And once that dinner time has moved by past, I progressively begin the work of cooling down my body to prepare it for sleep. What does that look like? Well, it looks like I begin to soften in myself. The kapha time is back, which means the heavier time of the evening and it's a wonderful time to, well, for some people actually to exercise again. If, if you would be someone who needs to exercise in the evening instead of in the morning for whatever reasons, it would actually be at this time. But I still would recommend that any kind of exercise you do in the evening instead would need to be one that doesn't heat you up too much because you might find it really hard to fall asleep. It might look like do some soft work instead, like the Tai Chi, Qigong kind of practices or the Yin Yoga kind of practices or simply going out for a nice, gentle walk in nature. So that when you come to the time when it's time to actually go to bed, you, you can feel that nice accomplishment of the day which will, of course, enhance the resting in itself. It's what it looks like to live according to the rhythm and according to the Ayurvedic lifestyle. But there are other things as well in this. You see, the principle of Ayurveda is that we prevent instead of cure. So this means as well that I make certain choices in life. When I am standing in the battlefield of should I do this or should I do that, should I listen to what my body needs or should I indulge in doing things that isn't really right for me, not at the right time, not right for the physical body, then I'm once again in the questioning, do I want to prevent disease, imbalance, rupture, or do I indulge in it and then I try to cure it instead? Living according to an Ayurvedic lifestyle would mean i rather prevent it because i rather have good health that's sustained and longevity therefore maintaining my youth. I have been asked more than once if this then is difficult to do when you live in a society that doesn't work that way and surrounded by people who don't live that way. So here's my answer to that. Number one, As I've said before, I think the Ayurvedic tools for this kind of way of living were made for urban people because actually living this way comes naturally to someone who actually lives in nature. So it's made for the urban life so that we can um, stay away from these diseases and imbalances. So it's not actually hard to do when you live in modern society. It's more a question of can I stand in my own truth knowing that I do not need to people please in order to be loved and accepted by others. And if other people do not accept that I actually stand in my truth, that I have these boundaries, which means basically that I have these preferences of staying healthy and living a joyful light spiritual life then maybe it is also time to release toxins when it comes to relationships and toxic relationships because that is what it is actually these relationships become toxic when I have to degrade my own personal well-being in order to stay in them and so we shed off as well sometimes Some of the connections that we have around us. But you know what? When I start to take an interest in my own health, and therefore I do things that makes me feel good and that are healthy. Let's say instead of going out drinking on a Saturday night until two in the morning and then being hungover the whole Sunday, I went to bed early and I did my whole, you know, normal doesn't matter that it's Saturday. And so on Sunday morning I'm up early and I do my thing and then maybe I go to the market. Isn't it interesting that the other people that will be in the same state as me might also be there? So then all of a sudden as I shift my own way of doing things towards what feels good for me, I will, well, cross paths with other people who do the same thing. And interestingly enough, they tend to have the same boundaries as I do, as in preferences. And that might mean new encounters. So do not fear the shedding of old ways. Because closing one door, if you will, Always means that you're opening a window somewhere else. And in any case, ask yourself this is it better to destroy yourself in your health in order to have these people maybe around you? Will they be there when you're old and sick? Well, they. Might, but they'll probably be old and sick themselves. So it's not like they're going to be there to take care of you, that's for sure. They won't be able to. The whole work as well then of seeing your own worth and your own value becomes a question. And the more you actually live according to the Ayurvedic principles and just the whole morning routine in itself, you will increase your self-worth and self-value, which means that the choices will all of a sudden not be very hard to make. And it's actually one of the reasons that I created the program uh, that I've called uh, Nourish, Balance and Thrive, because I also know that it might be hard to know where to start for this. And so it's easier to do it in a group. And it's easier to do it guided by someone who's done it before. And that's exactly basically what's happening. And I think that it's a great idea, thanks to COVID in a certain way, this happens online. But it's actually wonderful because many people who would like to do this might not have the option of taking a week and go and do it somewhere else in the world as in a retreat. So I've done it instead in a very affordable way where you can do it from your own home and therefore, of course, at a price that is just, you know, like a a tenth of what it would be. Um, But also, it's not a question of doing it for one week, but actually for eight weeks instead, which is much more interesting in order for, well, for the sustainability of it. So there you go. That is what it means to live an Ayurvedic lifestyle, and yes, sometimes it means that we need to let go of certain things, but it's not just people, it's also our addictions and our habits, and you know what? You don't have to force it, because naturally it will actually happen, when all of a sudden you don't really have the thirst for it as much, because you've tasted something else. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast and this episode. I am very grateful. If you enjoyed this and you think that other people could enjoy this, please help me to spread the word. Share this episode on any channel that you have of social media or messaging. And even more so, I would really appreciate if you know one other person who might benefit from my words today specifically. Take that one minute it takes to simply share this episode with one person. Remember that there's a human being on the other side of your phone, of your earpods, of this microphone. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what I've been talking about. So please leave a comment. Send me a message directly if you wish. This is Charlotte. This is me. See you next time. Namaste.